1: Um, when we do that. But I just told the guys, I said, you know, all year we've been talking about focus on what's next. And, you know, what what's next is Toronto. And, and um, yes, we are one game away, but winning a game in the NBA is awfully difficult. And so, um, you know, we're just going to prepare as well as we can and try to play that on Tuesday. And, you know, I've never been big on, um, you know, Mm-mm. Spending too much time worrying about things I can't control, mm. but no, I don't. I, you know, I don't ever look at it that way because I always want more, <laughs> and uh, and there's always things you can do better. And we're not where we're not we're not in the playoffs yet. We're not at 500. Like, yeah, I mean, progress has been made, but it's not where any of us want to be. Celtics absolutely
0: humiliate and ruin the lives of everybody on the Cleveland Cavaliers. They win this one 117 to 78. This is the Garden Report brought to you by audible.com, lynda.com, newly acquired by LinkedIn. Congrats to you guys. Uh, The official beer of the Garden Report, Peak Organic Brewing, and of course, Celtics blog and CLNS Radio. Welcome to the show. It's our second to last of the regular season here and it's starting to look like it could be the playoffs coming pretty soon. So we're thankfully not quite done yet. I'm Jared Weiss, joined by Tom Westerholm of Mass Live and Celtics Hub. Good we bigger. are gonna break this one down. It's gonna be a lot of fun. So we're gonna make this really quick because I know you guys have a lot of Masters coverage to watch. So First off, the Celtics, they win 117-78. So we're not really gonna talk much about this game. We're gonna talk more about the state of the current team, what we saw tonight that kind of shows the improvement in the state of the team, and then kind of looking ahead to the playoff matchups in part two. So first off tonight, They get what could be I mean a trap game if you're like the Sixers maybe but the Celtics are a little bit better than that So they go up against a team that's basically sitting all their players and they make them pay so badly for it (laughs) And I was writing in my terrible game story that that's a good sign compared to what they were doing last year Where they were facing teams that were kind of throwing their mediocre lineups against them And they were playing down to the competition you see tonight right ahead of the playoffs as Brad Stevens is saying they're just focused on getting to the playoffs and tonight they got a weak opponent they completely humiliated them.
2: They did and I think more importantly you know you said last year they were playing down to people they were playing down to people a couple of weeks ago you know they took on Miami and uh, they lost to a team obviously Miami had Goran Dragic which is a big upgrade over anybody that Cleveland had on the court tonight but it is it is really great to see them uh, getting a big win um, dominating a team from almost from start to finish they kind of let up there a little bit and they're like a five minutes like stint where they didn't play well then, otherwise it was, like said, the, it was like the
0: globe trotters. yeah Stevens Sanders. even
2: said after the game uh, you know nobody's ever played a 48-minute perfect game and he, he's right he's right that team uh, but uh, that was that was about as close as we're gonna see and and they did they dominated a team that they needed to dominate it's gonna be good for their confidence and really it's gonna be good for their starters to know At least we know we're better than Cleveland's second unit. LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love weren't out there. We know we're better than their second unit. And J.R. Smith. And J.R. Smith. I can't believe I forgot. Very him. little running and gunning tonight from Cleveland. <laughs> Disappointingly but, little amount of running
0: and gunning. The thing is the Celtics had was it seven guys in double figures. Mm-hmm. The, Jay Crowder had nine points and mm-hmm. Smart only had seven points. And I thought Smart was actually the most important player in tonight's game. So they, they, they could have had pretty close to having nine guys in double figures tonight. That's a pretty impressive top-down performance. They finally, over the last month and a half or so, have finally gotten everybody top to bottom playing well. Now, the issue is you get to the playoffs and you don't do 12-man rotations. You do eight-man rotations. With this team, considering how their bench is composed, probably a
2: nine-man rotation. Absolutely. I think I think you're right that it's going to be a nine-man rotation, especially when you look at the balance that this team has had over the last little while. And really, it goes from points, it goes uh, rebounds, it goes assists. You know, Evan Turner is, he's kind of a nice microcosm of this team. He does a little bit of everything. He messes up a lot of things, but he does a lot of other things well. And, and really he's had a great season for them, uh, all things considered. I think that kind of goes from the top down, like you were saying. Um, you look at Evan Turner, you look at Brandon Bass, you look at Avery Bradley, you look at Marcus Smart. These are guys who do a lot of things for the Celtics in every statistical category and just in things that don't show up in the in the stats, you know, on def- on the defensive end. You know, Brandon Bass guards multiple positions. Marcus Smart does multiple guys off the bench. Jay Crowder obviously guards just about every position you could ask him to, and I think that uh, I think that's going to be really key as we go toward the playoffs scene. It's going to be a nine-man rotation, and those nine guys are going to have a lot of stuff to do. Yeah,
0: you know, the funny thing is the Celtics resemble the Warriors and their principles and the way that they run their team in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Talent-wise, it would be a little bit of a gap, <laughs> I would say. But you look at how like Jay Crowder's role on this team, Brandon Bass is role on this team, Jarebko. They have so many guys that can defend three, in a Crowder's case, four positions. That's what's so important for them, because they're not that good of a defensive team. But they outwork their opponent a lot of the time defensively, and they're, they're versatile enough that they can switch on pick and rolls a couple years ago we were talking about hedging on pick and rolls. I think when we started doing the show, we used to do shows literally just about breaking down hedging pick and roll. Now this team is switching as much as possible on pick and rolls and that's something that a lot of the versatile defenses in the league are doing. It works really well for them here. You're going up against Cleveland in the playoffs or Atlanta,
2: not really going to work as well. I don't remember who it was, but somebody tweeted uh, about how if they do face Cleveland in the first round, we might see, uh, there's a very good chance we'll see LeBron James or Kyrie Irving uh, switching with and having Kelly Olenek on him. Uh, and that that's that'd kind of the so nightmare scenario. It'd be so much fun to watch. Come on. That would be, be really funny <laughs> There would be, some, there would be some highlights yeah. uh, in that. But, you know, they do play that switching defense, and it's it's been key for them all season. It's been great. They're, they're not going to deviate from it now, um, and they shouldn't. It's mm-hmm. It's been great for them. Uh, even. Uh, even if they do end up with Cleveland. Atlanta would be a better matchup, assuming they do make the playoffs. Uh, Atlanta would be the better matchup, I think, but I think we're gonna get to that later. Uh, yeah,
0: we'll save that for later. <laughs> so just kind of looking looking at this team right now, do you think that their
2: offense is where it needs to be for them to really get into the playoffs? I think it's as close to uh, where it needs to be as it's going to get. I think Isaiah Thomas, see, he's back. He's clearly back. He's attacking. He's going to the rim fearlessly, which is one of the things that we were concerned about uh, going forward after he landed on his, on his back end uh, yeah, so hard. Sure. It really was. And, you know, he's, he's the catalyst. Um, what he does is, is just going to push this team forward. And at this point, I think he is back, and that's a good sign.
0: All right, well, we'll be back for part two in just a moment. We'll continue that conversation about the Cavs and the Hawks. This is the Garden Report on CLNS Radio and Celtics blog. Um, a little bit. He just so laid back. Like, um, you try to feed off him as much as possible, but he's so even-keeled that you can't really read his mind. So um, He's just always about staying in the moment, no matter what it is, good or bad. Stay in the moment. Don't think about the future or the past have a short memory. So that's, that's one thing coach is very, very um, positive with. And <laughs> know Wick said that he wanted to face you guys. He said it'd be exciting to try to go against the front and beat him like the good old days. So, do you feel like it'd be feel feel good to uh, go up against the Celtics and try to beat them? Did Wick say that? Yeah. Um, no comment. <laughs> you might have had you nope, in mind, too. No
1: comment. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> I honestly did when I came here. Um, Isaiah Thomas had shot me in Texas. Said we're there, a game and a half at a eighth spot. So I felt like it was realistic. And um, these guys have been fighting each and every day. We've been fighting and fighting and fighting. And um, hopefully soon we get we could we could lock that
0: that playoff spot in. Right, we're back for part two here. Don't forget to click in the description to see the reached question of the day. Reach the best polling app on iTunes and other app places, I guess. I don't know what we call the Apposphere nowadays. <laughs> best on the web, whatever. So, uh, don't forget Peak Organic Brewing, official beer of the Garden Report. Uh, audible.com, the best resource for po- for audiobooks in the entire world, pretty much. I don't know what they got over in Japan and China, but I'm sure they're it's probably the using. One they're probably it, using right. Audible over there. <laughs> and of course, Lynda.com. Congratulations to them. They just had a massive, I think it's one and a half billion dollar purchase by LinkedIn. So, uh, really, congratulations to you guys and. You want to send me a piece of the money sure go ahead so let's talk about the playoff matchups that the Celtics could face here they've got two we, at, the, at the time of this recording on Monday uh, you're gonna see this on Monday or Sunday night we have no idea who they're gonna face right. too early to tell so you have Atlanta who's a lot more similar in style of play they're just way better at it they're pretty phenomenal at it and then you have on the other side and they're and they're kind of limping into the playoffs right now Paul Millsap's hurt we don't really know at this moment whether he's going to be healthy for the first round, but we're assuming he's going to try to play. And then you have Cleveland, who has been probably the best team in the Eastern Conference over the second half, maybe the best in the NBA since the All-Star break. And they also have LeBron James on their team is pretty good. So first off, who do you want to see in
2: the first round? I'd assume it's Atlanta. It, it's got to be Atlanta. And at, at this point, you know, like you said, the Bucks at, at this point have clinched and they're, and they're in the sixth spot. Um, I think you want to see Atlanta it's a lot more beneficial for the Celtics to make the playoffs. You know, there's been the whole was it good to make the playoffs? Was it good would it have been better to tank? That whole discussion has been beaten to death. At this point, you need to start looking at what could the Celtics get out of the playoffs. And I think Atlanta is going to beat the Celtics if they face them. They're like let's call it what it is. There's there's the Celtics aren't going to win a first round series. Because but they against, get 6 games out of that series. That's what you'd be that's what your goal would be. Like the ultimate goal at this point I think for the Celtics would be and they I think they could possibly do that against Atlanta. And that's not a knock against Atlanta. It's just that they both play a similar style. The Celtics do have Isaiah Thomas, and Isaiah Thomas can go off at times, which is really important. And I think that they're just, they're, they're a much better matchup than the Cavaliers, obviously. And it's like you said, that, that LeBron guy is pretty decent at basketball, Sorry. and Sorry. He, he, could, he would cause some damage if he uh, had been playing today.
0: What if Paul Millsap doesn't play? Does that make a big difference in your calculation?
2: I think that uh, makes it so that they might get to a sixth game. Okay, I'm not sure. I don't think I mean when you look at when you look at the Celtics roster and the, and the Hawks roster, there's just a huge disparity in talent and you know that's that's really important in the playoffs. that talent gap is, is massive and you're going to see you know the Celtics they like to, they like to space the floor, they like to run that kind of offense. The Hawks do too, except they have Kyle Korver. You know the, the Celtics. Who's who's the Celtics? Kyle Korver, no one. Bradley? Data I mean. Maros was. I'd say. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, so and, by the way, yeah, Bradley is, and right.
0: Bradley's been good. He but is. there's just no there's no comparison. Though. Right,
2: exactly, and that, and that's you kind of go down the line and you see that you know who's the Celtics? Al Horford, it's like Solinger. Solinger is if he can play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know Solinger might not even be in the playoff
0: rotation. He might right. get beat out by Jarebko. I mean, he could get himself in there, but Drebko might
2: be the one getting those minutes in the playoff rotation. It's been really interesting watching Drebko rebound. He does a lot of the things. He does it a little different, differently than Sully. Um, you know, Sullinger does He does a good job on the offensive boards. Uh, Drebko's been doing a great job doing that Tyson Chandler tip-out. That's exactly uh, who I was thinking about. It's, it's, yeah, it's fantastic. I call it the he, Tice, yeah. It's exactly what it is. He slaps it out to a, to a guy behind the three-point line, and they just reset. That's that's why Drebko might replace Sollinger in the playoff rotation. And he's shooting the three ball decently. Also that. <laughs> and he can, he can pass the ball well enough, mm-hmm. He's
0: not obviously he's not as good as Sollinger, but Sollinger right now isn't himself. Mm-hmm. And Drebko is streaky, but when he is on, he can win you a quarter. And the Celtics, they're in the position where if they can win a quarter, if like they can win the third quarter against Atlanta because of Jurebko, that's that could be the difference
2: for them stealing a game in Atlanta, something like that, that could make the series competitive. I agree. That's and that's what they need to do. They need you're not going to string three of those together is the thing you need to You just need to try to get two of them in the same game I think that's going to be the important thing against Atlanta if you're talking about Cleveland, that's a completely different story If you're talking about Cleveland I think you just need to hang on for dear life and hope for the best at that point just get really hot shooting the ball But this team doesn't have the shooters that could get hot shooting the ball Probably not, although if you played certain lineups, I think you could at least hope for that. Mm-hmm. I think if you played, you know, Drebko and Bradley and Thomas and, and you kind of said to yourself, hopefully these guys can space the floor, hopefully Thomas can create enough havoc as a penetrator, although the Cavaliers do guard him pretty well. Um, well, but you, I think that's how you try to beat them. That's it's gonna it's gonna be a toss up, and you probably aren't gonna do it. But I think that's how you try to beat this Cleveland Cavaliers
0: team. The thing is, Mozgov has become a huge issue if you're going SL yes. because they have all the qualities of this kind of finesse, modern pace and space team, and then they have Mozgov, who's always been a good player. He, I think he's grown two inches since he got into the NBA. Because I don't remember him being seven two like a couple years ago. I don't remember but him getting dunked 7'2". on by 7'2". Blake Griffin and being seven foot two. Exactly, that, but that wasn't the case. But <laughs> he he is an absolute beast now, and when you He's playing with this team. He is one of the better centers in the NBA. That those two first-round picks doesn't seem like that terrible of a trade in hindsight. Now, I mean, he's playing. Goran Dragic got the same uh, got the
2: same uh, return for Phoenix, but I would say that they're playing at a fairly comparable level right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, at a different position. How much does it make you wish that the Celtics had said? Look how many picks we have. We could we could go get Mozgov. I mean, he would he would be he would be a huge difference maker on this team. That's
0: probably true. How much better is he than Tyler Zeller? I mean, he's a more dominant version of Zeller essentially.
2: Yeah, he's I don't he's not as polished offensively, yeah. but that's not what the Celtics need either. And it's definitely not what the Cavs need. They yeah. don't really need a polished offensive center. They it's need true. a Big guy that can make plays when they get him the ball down low. It's true, and and he he's caused huge problems against the Celtics. You know, I did, even today, when when they got into the paint he was there and that was intimidating and that was without any of the other guys. From the starting
0: <laughs> right. lineup. So right. that, that won't be fun to watch a couple weeks from now. So let's do boxing ball really quick. We didn't really talk much about this game, but we didn't really need to. I mean, they were up by 41 before a last second buzzer beater pretty much right. from the Cavs. So th- that's all you really need to know. But why don't you give me your box and ball
2: just so you can participate in the
0: Garden Report tradition?
2: Uh, that's that's what I'm here to do. Uh, I for, for my box, I was most impressed. Obviously, the Celtics forced a ton of turnovers. They they forced 24 um, on 26 steals which was one off from the franchise record Uh, and an NBA season high okay across Uh, the league yeah did not did not know that Uh, but yeah it was uh, it was one off from their record it's just the fifth time in Celtics history that they've or since 1985 when steals started being recorded that they've uh, tallied that many you really saw it all around Uh, Bradley smart a lot of guys were really just getting in there getting their hands on balls and doing a uh, phenomenal job of that um, as for the baller, I would, I'm going with Isaiah Thomas. He was, he, the high score, like you said before, a lot of, a lot of spread, spread around offense. And, and Thomas was big, knocked down a bunch of shots. He, he was, uh, he passed the ball really nicely. He had one fantastic assist, uh, where he kind of went over his head around, kind of around his back, sort of weird thing to Jonas Drebko in the mm-hmm. corner for a big three. Um, he, he was, Again, a catalyst for this team, and uh, he was my baller of the night. It was kind of a Shades of Rondo pass kind of move there. He did a bit of the it Rondo was. ball fake. Yeah, was, you got the ball fake and then swing yeah. it across, yeah.
0: And I know they've They've only been keeping steals since 85, but I'd imagine that the 60 Celtics teams probably broke 20 steals pretty recently. I mean, uh, yeah, you can't prove that, so. That's true. <laughs> well, we can. We just need the manpower to <laughs> do it. We we're true. not going to be doing that on the show. <laughs> so for me, my boxing outside of the night, it's just it's the fast break points, 27 to 3. The game wasn't very close as we went over. That's a very good way to describe that. And then for me, Marcus Smart was my baller of the night because his defense was phenomenal. The steals, you give him a lot of credit for that. He had four, I believe, right? He, he had did. four. So his shooting wasn't that good, but he had a game high plus 35, I think it was, at the end of the game. I'm not a believer in plus minus too much, but when you see a number like that, I mean, that, that's kind of ridiculous. So it Props to Marcus Smart.
2: So I actually just finished writing about this for, for masslive.com. There was one, one of his deals, uh, was a handoff play, and on the handoff play, uh, it was Kendrick Perkins and Matthew Della Vadova. And uh, Smart, instead of allowing the handoff to happen, dove between the two of them as they were trying to get the ball off, knocked it away, went the other way, tried to throw down a reverse dunk, kind of missed, but still made the layup. So it worked out.
0: I mean, is that really necessary in this game? <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, if you broke a rib on that play, obviously, that would be an actual issue. But I right. mean, like, th- that guy's nuts. He is. He really is. Which is great, because he's on, he's on your side if you're a Celtics fan. So mm-hmm. that really, really matters. Uh, before we go, I want to talk about Celtics beat really quickly here. So you probably have listened to Celtic Speed. It's a podcast on CLNS radio. They get great guests every single week. But this week it was Wick Grossbeck, the owner of the Celtics. The conversation was phenomenal. If you're on Celtics blog right now, you can see uh, I wrote an article summarizing that interview or it's also on SB Nation. It's also on Mass Live too, I believe. It is. So thank yeah. you for that too. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's a really, it's a great interview. It's really worth listening to. The biggest thing from that interview, I won't spoil the rest of it, but Wick did say they want to beat LeBron in the playoffs. So Let's, let's hope for LeBron in the playoffs because that would be really interesting. So Tom, let's tap it up again. Thanks for coming on the show. Salute to all you here watching at home. That's it for the Garden Report. We will be back for Tuesday's season finale, or home season finale. And then it looks like we're going to be back for the playoffs too, so we will be seeing more of you soon. For Tom, I'm Jared. That's it on the Garden Report. Kendrick, how did it feel to see uh, Geno time as an opposing player? (laughs) It was different. I was looking forward to
1: seeing him, though. I haven't seen him in a while, but it was good just to be back. It's always good to be back in Boston. Um, You know, the fans are great. So organization is great. It's always a good feeling to be back.